0: So in season five of Franchise Findings, we're gonna to continue to go through some of the most popular franchises in the United States and globe. Also, we're going through some emerging franchise concepts that have anywhere from two, 500 locations throughout the United States growing and looking to take on the world with their franchise system. We continue to interview founders of franchises as well as franchisees. So a lot of information for you Hope you enjoy season five of Franchise Findings. Chick-fil-A owner-operator Rob recently said this about his experience with our partner Belay. I talk about my VA to other Chick-fil-A operators because having someone that is assisting you and helping you sort your life organizes the work you're doing. My life is different because I have my Belay virtual assistant now. Rob's story could be your story and it starts with one call to Belay about their US-based virtual assistant in accounting, social media, and website services. To help you get started, Belay is offering a free copy of its latest book, Delegate to Elevate. Click in the link in the show notes to learn more. Patrick Fundaro, co-founder at Vetted Biz. Excited to have on Jeff and Nuri, former franchisees of Massage Envy in Los Angeles County that were business partners. So maybe one of you could take the lead and just give a little context how you found out about Massage Envy. What was your decision making in terms of deciding on a Massage Envy franchise, potentially looking at other opportunities as well, or if it was always Massage Envy?
1: So um, the two families have been in business for probably 20 plus years. We've operated stuff within the medical space. We had sleep diagnostic centers. And then we decided that with that expertise, we would go into still managing clinics, but maybe within you know wellness and beauty. Um, and so initially we looked at, uh, we looked at a number of different franchises, this one seemed to hit the mark because you had the approach where you have aesthetics, skincare, and likewise you have well-being with massage and 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 you know the the ability, like I say, wellness. You can deal with athletes, arthritis, all, all kinds of things. We already have experience in managing people in terms of providing services, and so this looked like a very initially a profitable franchise. So we came to it with that business expertise and, and with a fair amount of capital.
0: So you had sufficient capital, you had management experience, you knew how to manage people, you knew how to have a, a retail business, negotiate leases and everything. Correct. What was the process with Massage Envy? Were you working with a, a franchise broker? Did you reach out to them directly?
1: So there was a franchise broker, he's third party, basically, he's compensated when he sells units. Um, they put us on a lot of, you know, quote, fam calls, which means you know, get familiar with the model, uh, where they would have existing franchisees talk. Um, you know, everything was pretty glowing. I think initially I came across it in either a Franchise 500 magazine uh, or something similar, and they showcased a veteran who I think in 2008, 2010 was looking around. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, he owned 10 of these things and he was doing really well. But that was then when we went in, um, the numbers had completely changed and that was the problem.
0: And was the franchisor handpicking the franchisees that would essentially validate what the franchisor was saying? Or were there some Uh, franchisees that that weren't doing as well that you also spoke to?
1: As far as I know, everybody was handpicked for the call. Uh, one of them who was handpicked for the call was a very successful operator in the Chicago area. And eventually within about a year after the call, he was out of the business and he already sold his clinics and moved on. So the information that we got was basically, yeah, cherry picked. I, I don't know how we could have been more zealous. I guess there's always a way you could be more zealous in, in trying to vet something. But we looked again, we looked at the FDD. We looked at the numbers. We spoke to operators. Um, but the, the numbers that are so glowing were based on numbers from 2010 and 2011. And that's, in fact, when the model was making a lot of money. Subsequently, with the new equity group, a lot of the profit was taken out of it. Uh, most of the profit was taken out of it. I Loyal saw the to- income really-
0: statement recently. It's like the profit margin. I saw the income statement recently of Massage Envy right. in the most recent FDD, and they're making over... I believe it was an over 50% operating profit, the franchisor, which usually you don't see 50% profit margin unless it's like a monopoly industry Um, tech and financial firms are operating 25, 30%. So 50% usually there's something going on there that they have some serious advantage Um, and it seems like in this case they're not passing through a lot of that money to the franchisees, and whether it's through rebates or other means, the that essentially that money is not flowing down to the franchisees' wallets. Well, it's
2: the franchisees. Sorry for interrupting, but it's the franchisees' money is where they're making their profit. So they're not giving it to the franchisees because they took it from the franchisees, and the model was very simple when. When when there was new ownership uh, and uh, the private equity firm took over, they changed things dramatically so that we were just money was being sucked out. And I would tell the RD, like, when do we make any money here? Because everything was paying them. We had to buy the same amount of merchandise. It didn't matter what it is. And they were constantly changing and adding. But it didn't so it matter if like we there were... were a brand new clinic and we weren't profitable versus a clinic that had been around 20, 10 years, we still had to buy the same amount.
1: In other words, there was like a forced shipment of retail product, and you had to buy X amount of skin product. You had to buy X amount of Murad. You had to buy X amount of Jan Marini. You had to buy X amount of. And these are all, I'm not, I'm not in any way knocking the brands. The brands are in themselves quite good, those individual aesthetic skin brands. But the fact that we were. We, we, we all of a sudden had an ACH taken out of our account and, and this product shipped to us. Um, certainly, and, and and the individual franchisee should make the decision. But I want to get back to your point about it, which is a very good point. The franchisor ideally should be partners with the franchisee and not adversarial. So that if they're making that kind of money, it's because they're either getting a lot of referrals or the savings that they have been negotiating because of the bulk purchase is not being passed along.
0: Correct.
1: One of the, I think the intrinsic qualities of, of, of franchising is that you want to benefit from muscle power. In other words, I can buy X amount of product at, 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 you know, a hundred cents on a dollar. But now if I partner with you and you and you and you, I ought to be able to go to that same vendor and say, now we want to buy it at 80 cents on the dollar because we're giving you more. It's one of the
0: biggest lies I see franchise development people spreading that as a franchisee, you're going to have reduced costs. Right. That might be true that the costs are reduced, but it's a scale where you have Subway that actually has a co-op and the franchisees negotiate the terms directly with the suppliers and it's really a reduced cost. Right. And then you have some franchisors that will reduce costs and pass all the savings to franchisees. You have other ones that they reduce costs and they get some rebates. And then you have other ones. I interviewed a, a franchisee of cell phone repair where they're, he's paying more than the wholesale right, rate if he just went to the general market. So you have, yeah, you have reduced costs because of the collective purchasing power. But whether the franchisee fully benefits from that or if it's the franchise that fully benefits, it seems like a scale. And and sadly, for the experience you had with Massage Envy, it seems like it was more towards the franchise or extracting that that benefit of the collected purchasing power.
1: Well, that was actually very true. And even in one product that was um, introduced later on it was called the Hyperbolt. It was like a, a massage gun. We were paying anywhere from two ninety-five to three forty-five as our wholesale costs. And then I remember going to Gold's Gym, seeing it on the back of the wall, at the price that I was paying for it wholesale. <laughs> now Gold's Gym is not selling something; they're not buying something at two ninety five only to turn around and sell it at two ninety five.
0: No. Well, what's and generally you, a forty percent markup?
1: I don't know. Yeah, but um, that that would be general. But but certainly, you know, we're paying something retail, and we bought I think one or two at at, at the conference, the annual conference. And I said, no, that's not enough. You need three here. You need three here, but throughout the chain, they're telling each clinic, you need three, you need three. We're mandating that you need, three. whatever it was, it might be four, you know, but, um, but why? So it's like, I mean, they, they weren't even in use every day, every hour, like, you know, one is, is sufficient depending on when a client's needs are, but that's just a small example. I, I, I maybe want to get to some like broad um, statements and then I can back them up in you know, on, on, and, you'll, and you'll see where I'm going. In the last five years in Los Angeles, more than seven or eight clinics, I know personally, opened and closed. Each of those clinics cost no less than $750,000. All right. You multiply that times seven or eight, you're looking at close to $6 million or more.
0: Serious capital.
1: Those things close without any buyers. Um, and if one of them was purchased, they were purchased for maybe 10 cents on a dollar, if that. So in, in our particular area, I, we had three units, West Hollywood, Hollywood, Los Feliz. All three of those units are closed today. They were all within about one and a half miles of each other. They're all poaching each other's clients and each other's service providers. There's a shortage of massage, yeah. um, m- massage therapists. And so now basically, even though we're, we're friendly, quote, we're all fighting for that same client and the same dollar. But meanwhile, we're all paying very expensive real estate. So I don't know why. And then, oh, by the way, there, there's something called, they, they said, well, don't worry, we did the demographics and your area will support it. And here's where we were remiss, among other things. And, and i was saying we ob- obviously have some blame in it. We're not total victims. Um, if, if maybe we would have had a third party, such as your... It's not a shameless plug, but if we if we would have had a third party that might have given us some kind of more objective feedback, we, we would have had more information. But they said there was a company that does demographic studies and they said, don't worry, your area will support it. And Hollywood and Vine sounds like, wow, you know, like its own entity. People come to Hollywood and Vine to look at the stars on the sidewalks, but they don't walk into our clinic to get massages. <laughs> They're taking pictures of the stars, you know. Um.
0: It sounds like someone's going to that site not to get a massage and they're going for the tourist attraction or they're going for the nightlife right. or exactly. other activities.
2: I'd like to make a comment, though, because my husband said that we are not, maybe we are to blame and we were remiss. Uh, I disagree with that. I think we are completely blameless. Okay. Um, I think that the people who lost their clinics, their livelihoods, uh, this was supposed to be like a retirement business people put their life savings there were people absolutely destroyed there is a franchisee who actually committed suicide up in the in yeah. the pacific northwest i believe i don't know where but uh there's another one i mean we survived we were lucky for a lot of different th- reasons um we were hit uh, very very hard but we saw people's actually they were destroyed Literally destroyed. Oh, I've heard of so
0: many divorces when the franchise goes under that it's basically a ripple effect and it causes so much strain in the marriage and there, there's a the divorce. Well, my
2: husband, more. unfortunately, doesn't like to talk about it. But when we were dealing with one of their fraudulent vendors, um, really fraudulent because... And they, they are, and
1: we'll talk about that as well.
2: Um, uh, he had a, a, a major heart attack and we just got very lucky that we were able to get him care uh, within two hours, but I wouldn't have a husband here today. It is that stressful, number one. And number two, um, you know, you, you have well, you have Wells Fargo at the conferences. You have all kinds of- Bank of
0: America. These are Bank the, of America. These you are have, the SBA it's lenders. Like social, it's like social proof exactly. that it's going well and that there's all these other third-party Yeah, validators. I mean, we're
2: relying on professionals. Uh, we have a franchisor, this poor lady, uh, she she went to the top professional uh, accountants, lawyers, everything to check this. We went to lawyers to check it. So it's not like we do our due diligence. But I will tell you this. Nobody would expect that a multibillion-dollar corporation could be this aggressive, abusive, and exploitive to such a degree. Right. To, I, mean, I mean, it sounds like everything to be perfect, but you do expect, if not even ethics, but just legalities. I mean, we couldn't even believe that everybody was just horrified by the things that they were doing. And then we would just say, how is this even legal? We did reach out to senators. We we did reach out to the Federal Trade Commission. The, the people in the government know, they know that they are doing things that are fraudulent, illegal, and they use bully tactics. And I have nothing good to say about them with the exception of one thing, and that is the association that is headed by one of the franchisors who actually displayed all of the talents and abilities that would be needed for a network to actually and do things.
1: Act, he acted as an advocate for the franchisees.
2: And they fought him every step and of the way. And he
1: was able to get some, but this is after we,
2: we were at the gone.
1: tail end and we were leaving. But I do want so to talk sorry. about like, um, sorry. when my wife mentioned the two, and, and she has some really good points. She talked about Bank of America. She talked about uh Wells Fargo. These and other lenders come to the annual conference and they're saying, Saj Envy, they are on our tier triple A list. And of course, they're when we when we met them in 2015 and 16, they're using 2010 and 11. I talked to them later on, and both P of A and Wells Fargo said, We're not doing loans anymore for If we can avoid it, we don't want to do loans, and they're certainly not on our top tier list. So things have changed when they finally saw the writing on the wall. There was another, I know know you want to say something, but there was a a gal, and our hearts went out to her. She opened it right around the same time we were in San Pedro. She was an elderly woman. She put her life savings in it. So she probably rolled
0: over like her retirement savings in this franchise, like a 401k rollover?
1: And within a year, she was bankrupt. And she was working a desk job at, at or a sales job at Talbot's, you know, probably earning 12 to $15 an hour. She did everything by the book, everything by the book. And um, I mean, she followed the model, but it's like the break even initially we were told would be seven to nine months. Obviously, I don't think any of those clinics, the new ones, reached the break even, even after two to three years. But it was just a miserable experience. Um, in- and
2: they don't want to hear of it right. incorporated. The, their attitude is if it's not succeeding, we're bad operators. Yeah,
1: that that's the fallback, bad, bad operators.
2: Fallback. It's Look. like we've got our whole But if you, you follow
0: what they decision. say and it's documented, it's like it, it should be foolproof that you follow and execute their plan and, and you succeed in the franchise.
2: Well, that's what they said. Uh, they lied. They lied time and time again. And I'm sure at one point it was a really great model, but um, the new CEO um, even told one of the franchisees, uh, he said, you guys are just making too much money. Well, he ended that. Do you think a big thing was like
0: the change of ownership and that kind of changed the the values and the executive team?
2: Because the business model, there was no business model. The business model was basically where can we tap the franchisee as a revenue stream so every transaction they took and they never gave so if we had faulty gift cards transactions where we were uh because they had a very bad uh point of sale con- uh, system there could we would have a lot of uh we would, gift eat, card we would eat the loss yeah but they kept their commissions. but they wouldn't read exactly
1: at least even though it's a nominal fee the royalty should be rebated back to us there was no revenue
2: and they never yeah. fixed the system, and they made a lot of money on that. And it, there was, it was they, and they would have this thing about their vision and their values about excellence. Excellence doesn't belong in the same sentence <laughs> as I, we know what excellence is. We came from, we were had doctors working for us. We had a, accredited sleep labs. We know what clinical excellence is. is they come fun. nowhere close to it. They told us there was a massage therapist shortage. We were kind of like understood, well, because there's so much business that you're going to have, you can't keep up with the demand. No, nobody wants to work for Massage Envy in our neighborhood. And our our regional directors, they don't care. They have their therapists. They're not sharing. So they make money off of us. And then they What's the model?
0: uh, hmm? Nori or Jeff, if you could tell me a little bit about the model. So you were a franchisee. You had two locations. What's the responsibility of this regional director? Are they, do they have their own franchise locations and they're also providing a service to you? They had their own
1: location. They had one. Um, I, I'm guessing that they got an early, got a location, and then eventually became regional directors. Um, so they kept there and, and we would then have monthly co-op meetings, meaning that everybody within that region would have meetings with them, um, ostensibly to share information. Sometimes just to get beaten up. I'm not. I'm not really sure. Um, other than to justify the monthly co-op fees that we were paying on top of the franchise fees, what benefit? This was is a generated. co-op.
0: It's friendly, but at the end of the day, they're competing with you because there's there's too many. Well, I would too direct the and I
1: would meet my fellow franchisees, and my fellow franchisees are sweethearts. They're just yeah. They're just from all backgrounds. Um, you know. Business people, uh, people just trying to, to figure out what my next investment's going to be. Um, some people eventually, we started talking to this is we're not coming to the meeting anymore. They can tell us whatever they want, but there's really no value to be gained there. But I, I, if I if I can, I'd like to go back to some of the, the whole process in terms of, we talked about the vendors. The vendors are all pre-selected for build-out from corporate. Why I need to deal with a vendor that's based in Atlanta, who essentially subs out the work in Los Angeles is beyond me. We've he doesn't built understand that. We've the municipality
0: ex- code, the contractors, subcontractors. Right. They get subcontractors
1: who we found out later um, when we consulted with Technical people that their installs were probably one and a half, even two times as much as what they would have done at that.
0: Are there kickbacks along the way? We can't. I, I, I'm sure there are, but I can't verify
1: it, so I can't. Oh, yeah. I can't state that black yeah, and yeah. white.
2: Nothing's mm-hmm. clean here with these people. But
1: I mean, there was one point where um, it was called Horizon River. To, I don't mind saying their name, but an event, they just kept on billing me and billing. <laughs> And finally I said, you know what? I I don't owe you any more money. And then they brought in the franchise corporation, right? And all of a sudden I'm getting a call from Arizona. And I said, I'm not paying them anymore, okay? Here's what I've paid and and here's what was agreed upon. And I don't know why. And and they can't even document what was installed. They had to come back several times. And eventually they saw, I I said, what are you going to take their side and not let me open? This is like, uh, you know, this is like part of the stress and the tension
2: um you can't build a business with this right it's the like level. Of, we made it very clear and you tell the directors this and they know this the people at our age that are going into this business do not want to be hands on don't yeah, semi
0: absentee correct
2: first year you learn the business and then it runs on its own and you bring in a manager
0: right that's what you were sold
2: Oh God, don't we even sold. ask what we were sold.
1: And believe me, <laughs> we, we are not we are not passive people.
2: Yeah.
0: So we didn't have regular at, you know, retail operating businesses even in the complex medical space. So
1: we but we were very much hands on. We were definitely putting in fifty to seventy hour weeks each of us. Um and, and making sure and going out and marketing and going out to apartment complexes and retail businesses yeah. in the area. And 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 going out to Netflix and whatever the, the local corporations were in, in the Los Angeles and going to Chamber of Commerce and just basically always, even on the street, handing out cards. That's what we were doing.
2: And, 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 and the marketing. The thing is that we pay so much for marketing. I remember telling my regional director, I'm like, why aren't we getting business? Um, she said, well, you still have to do your own marketing. And I'm sitting there with the whole reason we did this is. Because we didn't, we had had our sleep lads. We did everything, our marketing, our everything. We don't need a partner to tell us what we need to be doing so we could pay them. Mm. And the only thing that we did par excellence, and I really have to give that credit to my husband uh, and and to my partners and and even a little bit to me, but uh, the locations and the leases that we were able to uh, have because the places they were finding us and what they were finding us were so crazy. And this is an area that we knew very well. And we said, why would we, why would we pay these leases? This is like, so what well, were insane. they
0: proposing? Like in terms of monthly rent, like the spots yeah, that they really? found, like over, over thousand
2: dollars a month, people were paying uh, rent yeah, but, for these tiny little. But wait, if
1: I, if I may, so like, you know, like the, the technology vendor was out of Atlanta. Um, the real estate broker was out of Atlanta, and he's basically going to tell us. So he's showing us stuff at four and five bucks a foot per month uh, on the East Coast. That would equate to forty-eight yeah. to sixty dollars.
0: Yeah. That's pricey. And we're
1: finding stuff at two dollars a foot and two and a quarter. And we said this is where we want to be located. Meanwhile, we're thinking he's this incredible negotiator, and he's going to be negotiating the best terms. And he's really negotiating his commission. Exactly. Yeah. He wants to get 3%
0: of of the contract value or whatever, or 4%. Right. I mean, you know, in hindsight, in hindsight, he should
1: have done an initial term of five years with a five year option. Instead, we were put into 10 years, but we were so optimistic. We thought, wow, 10 years, we're going to make so much money. We'll have resale value. Our our idea was to build it up three to five years and then sell it at multiple of EBITDA which was what we were told. Of those clinics that I told you about, none of them sold for any, not even a multiple of one of IBITDA, And they all sold for definitely a fraction or just closed down a fraction of what their costs were or, or, or just closed out, period. And, and each of those franchisees were just happy to walk away and not have that aggravation. So their vendors, their real estate broker, their site location, none of that was to the standards where it should have been. The build-out?
2: Oh, even their marketing materials. They force us to buy marketing materials from Georgia and we're, like, double taxed. We're taxed on the shipping. Oh. I, I'm like, I would tell my regional director, well, I can just go across it. I have a vendor. I could do it for a fraction of the cost. Right. No, you have to use this. They know better. And, um, and, and they use their own bully tactics because we were trying to explain to them that we wanted – I remember we were downtown and we created such a beautiful clinic. And uh, we tried to show them how things were needed to be done. And we were um, giving some pushback on some of the ideas. And our regional director was just like, you know what? I've opened 30 clinics. I know what I'm doing. You need to be quiet. Okay. Sure. And even when we quit and, we, and they knew how much we had hurt and how much we lost and everything, our regional director didn't discontinue our membership in his own little state organization called Mikafa. So while this is going on, we're still getting billed for membership. So we call them and we say, hey, look, we're not in business anymore. Please cancel us. And we have been out of business for these past few months. We would like a refund so they went to the regional director no they're not getting a refund
0: so this is just like a direct Different. deposit they're just taking money out of oh your yeah account? everything
2: with them They they have their claws like, you know what an <laughs> octopus is like there's a there's <laughs> a claw every which way you know
0: there's and, a lot and by the way
1: once we're operational we find out later our technology fees are probably one and a half times um, that of other. So I give you an example. Uh, I looked at either uh, Hand in Stone or Massage Heights, and I think their was, their monthly technology was four ninety five. Ours, all in, was somewhere anywhere between thirteen hundred to fifteen hundred. Why? I mean, <laughs> how much technology do you need? It, you know, it, and it's, it's
2: not even good technology. It's like, it's like I'm not
1: building a Tesla. I'm, I'm, I, I, Everything I, was
2: breaking around with our technology. We had to have extra training for all the workarounds. Right. And we're talking about hours and hours of extra. T- and you can't build a business like That's this. a whole
1: other discussion. When they rolled, they, rolled, they rolled out a new point of sale, the latest and newest version, but it wasn't beta tested. And it just failed. They the just first rolled early. out
0: to hundreds of franchisees without testing oh, wow. it. Right.
2: We lost lost clients.
1: Clients were either double build or not build. There was just so much going on, and there was just utter chaos. We had staff walk off and say, "We're not dealing with this anymore. You guys deal with it." Um, So it sounds like with franchising,
0: you want to save your time and save your money. But using the octopus analogy, where you know some franchisors are picking up pennies, but they're also helping you out, like they're picking up hundreds of uh, hundreds of dollars from you and not giving you any support.
2: Not at all. It's very, it's an adversarial relationship. They have their favorites. They have their like little groups that they give special deals to. Um, um, And the thing is, if you're in trouble, it's all your fault. They're not going to be there. And what's very, very sad is that had they shown a little bit of competency and a little bit of care and had done it, right this would have been good for everybody uh because the market is robust we have competitors in our area doing very very well um they did not they didn't even have to be super creative they just had to be ethical honest and competent right some people would have hit the jackpot others would have done okay but it would never have been anywhere like this but they're not and they're not ethical. And I really thought that these people, you know, I used to tell people as this was going on, and we talked to franchisees, we were like, wow, we can't believe they get away with this. And I would say, you know, people go to jail for so much less, yeah. for so much less,
0: but, but they're not you rich. Know?
2: And, it's like, uh, and I had conversations with a senator who did a really bang up job doing it in Senator Masto out
0: of Nevada? Yes.
2: yes. She, and uh, she did- I saw really her good.
0: report. Yeah, yeah, she did a really very detailed. good job,
2: but- you know and i don't believe in the uh, regulations and all of these things i understand the opposing view but this is such abuse we've also spoken to local um government here uh, there is ongoing investigations in, in the state they they know and they
0: know because who the I mean there's are. these are like labor violations. If you're mandating that someone is m- running your a business for ten years and they're working sixty to seventy hours a week and they're getting ba- basically effectively less than minimum wage, it's like where does that line blur? You know, well, and I'm all for free market. market
1: and a contractor, so they don't have to worry about that. Which it's our it's so our business. It. So
0: we, we're So
2: anything that gave that would go wrong, well you're independent. And other well, than
0: that, you if you're independent, then hard. you should be able to make independent decisions, no, right?
2: No. <laughs> no. No. And even people and that's the other thing that's really sad because we got out and we were, you know, we were really damaged, but we survived. But we had people that would call us from different parts of the country trying to get out and being just so afraid. Uh, there's a there's lot a, there's of fear. A fear. There's a lot of fear
1: because the franchisees, they're, like I say, they're sweet people. And even after they're out, they don't want to go public. They just want it to be behind them. And the only reason we're doing what we're doing is to protect the future. That's really what it's all about.
0: There's yeah, nothing else I can I you. can relate to that. I mean, We're, I have my my drawer of uh, demand cease and desist letters when I talk about franchises um in a way that the franchisor doesn't like, but it's based yeah. on facts, it's based on the numbers. But yeah, there's a lot of people that won't like it, but I think along with you, people deserve to know and that if we could jointly, you know, avoid a suicide or some crazy medical event, it's our role to spread that spread that information so people don't fall in to some trap uh, and they're this oversold is some opportunity.
2: This is a trap. Even when you want to, they say they're going to find you buyers, which they don't. Even when you're trying to get out, they sabotage it with bringing in their buyers. Oh, don't even ask about that one. Well, let
1: me, let me I'll, I will elaborate just so your viewers can understand. You understand what we're talking about. The, the, The country is is almost divided up into sort of favored equity groups so that if a clinic comes up for sale, Massage Envy has first rights of refusal, which they then designate to ABC spawn So they assign
0: to some private equity backed franchisee that has ten to a hundred right. locations. Right. And so instead they, of spending eight hundred K to open a studio, they can pick it up for like fifty K, a hundred K or less. Or less. Uh,
2: some, it got so bad that some of them would be telling uh franchisees uh would be calling me that they're doing them a favor by taking over the lease.
1: I mean Patrick, if we would have known we could buy an existing unit for half of what it costs to develop, and it would have even a small membership already built into it of 350, we would have jumped at that. Exactly. Why do we need to reinvent the wheel? I'm a big wheel? fan
0: of looking at resales before the build-out, just because you know what you're getting into. And we haven't run the study yet for Massage Envy, but... A lot of franchises, the resale value is significantly less than in the initial investment, and it sounds like it's 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 that case with Massage Envy pretty much across the board. But that's a lot of information that it's just like, does this opportunity make sense? And it's hard to get that that data, but it's a nice parameter to be like, well, why would I start a business if it's like the resale value is like half or just at a fraction? Right, because they lie.
1: It's like I buy a new car. I buy a new car at a, a hundred thousand. I drive drive it off the lot, and it's worth fifty. Now the car is going to eventually give me some value and not aggravation because I'm going to drive it. But here, yes. it's not only worth <laughs> fifty or less, but it's giving drive me aggravation. It, drive it
0: when you want, not driving it seventy hours a, a week.
1: <laughs> exactly, um, and and I can state without hesitation that in our area, obviously, I don't know. The country in our area of los angeles southern california i can't of the units in the last five years i don't think anybody sold at anywhere near the initial cost of what it costs to build or develop and that's going to dig into those
0: numbers because we have data on like sba back transactions so we can see like if someone did it through sba loan but I imagine these private equity groups they're not doing SBA funding. they're they're above that. They're going with equity or, or your debt that they find themselves. so I imagine not doing like the...
2: anything of what we're paying. They're getting discounts every which way and favoritism. But we had a fellow franchise a franchisee, a young man with three little children, and he had to bankrupt his business and leave. And to show you how callous these people are. Nobody called to see how he's doing. Nobody months later, the regional director texted him. They were interviewing one of his massage therapists. They wanted a reference. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to know what his thoughts were. <laughs> Can you so believe this?
0: empathy wasn't one of the core values at Massage Envy? No not at all
2: (laughs) there was only one core value that they really stuck to and that was consistency they were very (laughs) consistent with the how they behaved uh you already knew that anything that came up because we we had i think three skin lines that we were having to buy and now they were trying to push a fourth one where many of us at that point just said really no. So basically, you see all your capital sitting on the shelves. Instead of growing your business, it's, so, it's, it's sitting on the shelves Inventory. in the form of aging uh, product. It's aging product, and you have to get rid of it. Specific wow. example.
1: Murad had a great acne skin care line. Right. For some reason, they said, we're no longer going to be supporting that, and they discontinued the acne skin line. Hmm. Maybe a year or two later, they tried to introduce proactive acne care line. Why? We don't know.
2: And this is years after disparaging ProActive because Murad was so much better. All of a sudden, Murad uh, ProActive, is their acne is better than Obaji, which we were buying. No, we don't want to use that one. And we don't want to use Jan Marini uh, because why? No, we need a third line.
1: And by the way, ProActive is very, was very popular on the infomercials and they were really driving a lot of business. And basically That's at their right. corporate headquarters, they decided, well, how do we do brick and mortars? How do we get like another avenue of revenue? So Ajemi comes along and says, we're here. They def- but the franchisees fought back on that. Some of them bought into it. We and a lot of in our area said, done. We're not, right. we're not taking on another skin line. Right. And we're not taking on proactive. And even when we do proactive, they're not going if, to, if somebody goes on their site, they're not going to refer us. We're basically acting as their shill. We're going to be selling their product, but they're not going to be cross promoting. Hey, go to the store on Van Nuys. Go, uh, you know, there I'm was sorry, never cross promotion. Drive
0: service business. Yeah, that I mean they, they should, should be helping out to drive clients to you.
2: You would go to these sites, whether it be um, any any site, because I would go and check, and you yeah. would see the vent. The the suppliers would have the. The, all the places where they could send people to
0: Nordstrom or wherever retail, but massage envy would not be on the list.
2: Never. (laughs) They don't care. They don't care. The only reason we were able to push back was because at this point there was an association, but the CEO, the former one and the current one, uh, when they saw this association uh, being formed and the complaints, they would say, think there's no merit to anything and we will fight them. I'm like, no, there is merit. Why aren't they listening? You know, why aren't we in this together? Why aren't we this? Why isn't there any partnership? Why does it have to be such a win-lose situation?
0: Franchises, um, I mean, it can only last so long. Even the franchisor's profitability, it can't be sustained. Like you look at Jersey Mike's Chick-fil-A, 50% to the family, the Kathy family, that's worth $14 and then 50% profits to the operator. And this is an operator that I I interviewed a Chick-fil-A franchisee last week. Started as a crew member, and now he's making 200k to 400k. Right. So you know the guy, the billionaire is getting even richer. Good for them. The day-to-day operators not doing bad, 200k to 400k. So it's like everyone growing, going, growing together. It can,
1: it can be a win-win.
2: It could have been, it could have been really great. But um the CEO at the time, I probably should say his name, but um he needed to show a big return on his, the investment, and he was turning the company around and the investors were very happy they don't care so and as you see they're doing very well he's gone of course he had some kind of sexual uh, <laughs> conduct so he's gone and now they have his uh his prodigy she doesn't know anything and uh she spits the same uh, garbage but at least there's an association that does it, that limits her ability to uh to do anything, but, um, and, but I don't know how this is going to be sustainable. But they don't—they made their money. They could have made more, right. but they made—they don't—they made their money. And I, you almost wonder if they're in the
0: business of destroying people. I don't—I don't, I don't opinion, get it. It just doesn't—it doesn't make sense to operate at a above fifty percent profit margin for years over years. Like it just—you're doing that at some cost to society. Well, it's legal. I mean, like even in their <laughs> in their
1: national advertising, and eventually some people opted out. Um, because they saw no benefit, but they had to fight it. That association did fight it. And so they have to put their revenue dollars into something else. But we never saw any benefit of it in terms of actual clientele coming through our doors saying, oh, you know, I saw your ad on TV and that's why I'm here to sign up for that special. Um, Apart from that, there's no transparency. We don't know how those... We found that at one point, where some of those ad dollars were actually paying staff at Massage Envy, as opposed to corporate, big no-no, as opposed to
2: (laughs) salaries.
1: Right, and let me tell you, it's like an ad on cable TV for thirty seconds at one thirty in the morning. I'm not going to drive, you know, Patrick or Jeff into Massage Envy the next day for a service. Yeah. That's really it, you know. Um, maybe a national campaign with McDonald's is going to have me salivating for a hamburger. Everything was just this, this like complex beyond complexity, and it really shouldn't be. Business can be simple and profitable, and you just have good people, and and the, the franchisees are. They're they're really good, hardworking business people. They put mortgages on their houses. They did SBA loans, um, and I, and I'm not here to be smirch, you know, individual. And some at of them are
2: making money.
1: You know,
0: oh, yeah. But these
2: are in uh, different uh, certain uh, locations. Uh, so suburban so so in-
0: Ohio, where your rent's three thousand dollars, probably makes. The business model so, couldn't and sense. if they had
2: to established a good membership over the years and a loyal membership and they were good operators, if they had good therapists, but um, that's not the case. Uh, that has not been our experience. But there are people that that probably are still making a living, but uh, we haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> there, there,
1: there was a woman in our training class. She opened up in Massachusetts. Um, she actually didn't make money, but how did she do that? She started eliminating staff and she took on their positions. So she was doing 50 to 70 hour weeks and she was happy. She says, you know, last week, last year I took out 50,000. Last year I took out 70,000. Oh, this year I'm not taking out anything or I'm taking out. She says, I am not renewing when my you Know, like, I think you renew every 10 years. She goes, I'm not renewing, I'm out of here. If I can find somebody to buy this thing, but I'm out of here.
2: But this is a success, but and
1: that 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 was considered <laughs> a success to basically sink $750,000 and then work That's so the many way. hours to pull out 60 grand a year. All right, wow. I mean, each of us, each of our four partners, were all making six figures in sales exactly. when we had our sales exactly. position, we were each making. Six figures when we ran our sleep diagnostic centers,
2: yeah. sometimes even more.
1: Uh, but and and now it's like we're told we're bad operators. We're told we're going to be litigated for this, litigated. I mean, it's like
0: there's a lot it, of like, shame that goes into it. And I think sadly, talking to so many franchisees, like people, you know, they mortgage their house, SBA loan. They told all their friends they're going into this massage envy, right. and there's a bit of a lag between from the time you are get naked in terms of showing the financial issues. Um, it could be a month, but most likely it's more like two years, three years into the process. And at that time you're, you're stuck in it and mm-hmm. other people are joining and it's just, it's and something they that
2: they give statistics of the number of clinics that they own, but that's not truthful because they don't let clinics close. They don't let clinics merge. So it shows. So if, let's say you close the clinic, you still have to pay for the server and all these things. So it looks like an active clinic. They do that number.
0: See yeah, the we see temporary closures. There's a big fitness studio that has uh, F45 Fitness that all these temporary closures and they should be marked as permanent on Google. Everyone's saying it's closed. It's closed. It's not temporary. So you see games, sadly, with uh, a franchising and especially when they have outside investors, whether it's traded on the stock exchange like F45 or private equity backed where there's limited partners that have invested in that fund. They need to show, you know, uh, they need to show that the their investment worked out. So for the next fund and the next time they knock on the door to get more capital, they're able to get more capital to invest in other franchises. Yeah, so, they
2: lie, they lie like crazy. The West, left, right, and center. The West Hollywood <laughs> Clinic,
1: next to it, like the neighborhood just over from us, and one and a half miles. Was shown as temporarily closed for better than nine months. And when I would call their number just out of curiosity, it would refer to uh, a different clinic owned by the same owner. It says, "Oh, we're just doing a remodel. A remodel mm-hmm. takes all of five days." Yeah. So that remodel of five days lasted until nine months, and now eventually the website says permanently closed.
0: That's sad. Yeah, it's deceptive. Um, to yeah. Prospective franchisees, current franchisees that you know are deciding if they're going to open a second location. Yeah. On, on that, actually, did you were you contractually Obligated to open up that second location because it seemed like with the first location things weren't going so hot. What led to keep on continuing uh, with the second site? So
2: I have to go, but we uh, we bought two at the same time because we're two families. So we uh, as partners, and so that's what we did it. And because we were able to get two prime locations uh, with unbelievable terms, sure. unbelievable terms. We couldn't, uh, you know, we we couldn't, you know, we and we thought uh, with our background, they said all you need to do is be a hands-on manager for a year, and we thought this is a piece of cake compared to what we did before. I mean, before we were dealing with illnesses, we were dealing with doctors, we were dealing with the
1: government (laughs) and getting approvals and Medicare and um, all kinds of you know accreditations and vetting that we needed to
0: do and. We met all of them without any issue. Well, This is piece of cake. You open them in parallel, the two locations, basically back yeah, to back. We're open probably yeah, in parallel
2: six months apart.
1: Six nine months apart exactly. Yeah.
2: The one location uh, downtown. Um, I don't know if it's profitable, uh, but it's always done very well. Even for us, we we hmm. couldn't make any money. But because of all the sucking and everything, but...
0: So the top line revenue ahead. was good. And because so of our What? You were making good revenue from yeah, the business, yeah. but in terms yes. of earnings, what you took out was minimal. Right. The way everything
2: was structured. And, uh, and then, of course, dealing with California laws and the fact that we have to pay minimum wage for downtime and it kept on increasing. And th- there were just a lot of challenges. And the truth of the matter is there's really very little time to growing the business. We are just... Um dodging bullets, putting out fires constantly from every angle, from every angle.
1: Also, but by the way, downtown does not have any competing massage envies anywhere near it. All right. And so and it's like the perfect was, it was
0: like the perfect example. Amazing site, great build out, and no competition nearby. But no even with that
1: massage envy earnings weren't great. We negotiated a much bigger territory there. So that was yeah. our second one which we negotiated a little after our first one. Nice.
2: And we were smarter and, the second time around yeah, because we realized that they were not going to help us. So and, we were, you know. and
1: then also downtown is very much growing in terms of finally having a large residential population. I've seen that the last trip to LA, like you see nice area.
0: residential towers popping up and, right. it's and, and, and the area are needed
1: nice. services. So yeah, that was downtown. Well, we've,
0: we've unpacked a lot. Whether you're a prospective franchisee listening, a current franchisee, a franchisor that wants to do right by your franchisees, we've gone through a lot. Do you do you two have any concluding thoughts for those that are listening or watching us on YouTube today?
2: Don't do it. <laughs> and if, if my wife you is very out, my right. wife is
0: very
1: to the point, and God bless her. Yeah, like she has it. great business acumen. <laughs>
2: um, I one thing I would suggest is that make sure that you have um, solid clad exit strategies so if that means your lease uh, the the franchise the location whatever it is make sure your exit strategies are solid and that you're protected and also another thing i would suggest is if they tell you to buy insurance make sure You know what you're getting because we found out that a lot of the insurance that they put us in was not good once we left. There's a thing about claim insurance and this insurance. They put us in the worst, which meant now we had to buy tail insurance and you don't even know. So I would tell people that make sure you know your labor laws and make sure you know the insurances that you're buying and make sure that you know what is life after it should you need to leave, what is life going to be like? What's your
1: extra strategy going in? That's because I hope important. we're not going to
2: get now <laughs> some kind of uh, nasty lawsuit <laughs> because no, we disparage about... but... them. But somebody has to be out there for the good guy. Uh, uh... You're, you're like the bad guy every which way because you're the cruel capitalist business owner on this side, <laughs> yeah. and then you're the poor little victim from the big capitalist monster on that side. It's like it's uh so be very, very careful. I am very sound exit
0: because a lot of people don't think about that, you know, after three years if it doesn't work out. Like are you willing for the upside to have the downside after three years if it doesn't work out? And, and what happens- the answer is no don't do it
2: and what happens very critical if you have the honeymoon period where you're making a lot of money yeah and guess what <laughs> something either a new buyer takes over or it's no longer flavor of the month or you have new competitors that have entered into and now you're not making any of that money what then so um, who are your business partners here?
1: Mm-hmm. And just to piggyback on what my wife said, as and I far have as, to go. she has to go, but as so, far as Thanks so much, Mary. As far as she's saying, don't do it and basically look at the EBITDA of the clinics in the last five years, look at what they've sold at. Um, has anybody recouped any of their initial investment? Um, look at the areas. If you're going to buy something, maybe buy an established business, but you won't have a shot at that. Only, only they're approved equity groups have a shot at the at basically the existing clinics. Don't develop all this debt with SBA and everything else. The profit margins are not there. If a client comes in my door at $70 an hour for a service and I've got to pay my massage therapist 25 and I've got to pay my rent and I've got to pay my utilities and, and I've I got know. to pay et cetera, et cetera. You know, if, if I'm making- You like, pay yourself. <laughs> am I making eight or $10 on a service if that? I've got to do a lot, a lot of business just to make that profitable. So,
0: And a lot of you know, these people, if you've accumulated that capital, you're you and it, you're self-made, it wasn't like inherited. You're, you're smart enough to do something else and allocate your capital and resources to something that's more profitable and more enjoyable. I mean, I should have spent the last three years going back
1: to being a mortgage broker. Exactly. You know? <laughs> just way less hours, way less stress, and, and just knowing who my clientele more are. Overhead. Like, but again it was it was sold as like down long str- long term almost like a yeah. passive investment once it's on its own it basically i don't know anybody with the exception of one operator in southern california or two i don't know anybody who has a who can do that
0: it's very who, difficult everybody's the every overall sorry? i recommend you're all in at least for the first two years and then you could look at you know semi-absentee but obviously it has to be with the right model well jeff this has been awesome. We, we've gone over, you know, typically these are 30 minutes, 40 minutes where we're hitting almost an hour. This has been, I've learned a lot and I'm sure everyone listening today is going to learn a lot, the do's and don'ts uh, to being a successful franchisee as well as franchisor and, and having a system that cultivates a, and fosters a great community so that everyone can win. I agree. Patrick, I want to thank you for your time and I want to
1: thank you for doing this and providing that service to, you know, potential franchisees of every kind of you know, business model. We need to be informed. We're not stupid. We have money. We have capital. We have a desire to succeed, um, and just to put up with that kind of frustration and so much else, so much negativity, is isn't is really not called for. So I hope people well do their due Yeah,
0: my hope is that franchising can be elevated overall and the top franchisors get more franchisees and the poor performing franchisors get less franchisees, but it brings up the whole industry.
1: Right. Okay. I agree.
0: Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you for your time. Bye-bye. Take care. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode. You can leave us a review if you enjoyed the podcast episode. If you hated the podcast episode, let us know what you thought as well as what future episodes you'd like to hear. Feel free also to drop me a line at patrick@vettedbiz.com and subscribe please to our YouTube channel Business and Franchise Opportunities by Vetted Biz. This has been Franchise Findings Podcast. Thanks for listening.